to the Golden Rock Podcast, bringing you some of the latest and greatest Pokemon news and a few laughs along the way. As always, I'm joined by Pokemon enthusiast Connie. Before we begin, you can jump around the podcast by using the timestamps in the description below. Connor, how are we doing today? I'm not too bad. Do you introduce yourself in that intro? No, Do I you, don't. Bizarrely. You don't say my name's Ben. I'm no, joined by Connor. You just say no. I'm here. Ah, uh, you're right. I'm gonna I'm gonna write that right now. So if you hear me typing, I'm Ben. And as always, <laughs> there you go, there you go. Live editing. Oh, you gotta love it. it I, I can't believe it's taken me this many weeks to notice. But yeah, you don't you don't introduce yourself. <laughs> No, I, I don't, apparently. So it, that, no, you're absolutely right. And I probably should simply because people, if we do have people new and they're listening and then they're like, well, I know one of the guy's names, and but I don't know the others. Also, I do need to, I just need to like put this out there. That's because we, we get to see the analytics behind, well, I get to see the analytics behind the, uh, the podcast as well. One of our episodes has officially hit 20 downloads. So uh, uh, not too, not too shabby. It's the Pokemon Unite one as well. So that'll be interesting. Oh, uh, our most <laughs> well-received one. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of hot takes in, in that one. Um, I another thing that I, need, I just need to tell you about, and I can do this because Molly, my partner is, is out at the moment um she's asked me to pull together a direction video to the wedding venue next saturday for when we get married so it's just literally uh we drove out a few weeks back and she recorded the you know in the car and the roads and driving down so i pulled it together a couple of arrows going turn right here turn left here put some music put a bit of text on the screen so everyone knows what they're doing and then the other day i saw this meme on reddit of um you know the flash yes the character Yes, yeah, so it's 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 um, the live action CW version, and it's basically the, the, uh, Grant Gustin who plays uh, Barry Allen on a green screen, just running on the spot. It looks so bad, but it's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. And one of the one of the, one of them, it might be an outtake or something. Is the camera's behind you? You can see shoulders. He's running, and then all of a sudden he turns of horror at the camera, and he just squeals this high-pitched squeal. So, of course, I had to put that into the video of the car going down one of the straight roads and Barry Allen just drifts over from the right <laughs> over the car windscreen, over the ponies, and he turns, he just goes, ah! And it disappears under the car. But the best part is... My future wife does not know about this. I showed her the version without any of the memes in it. Wow. So she's like, yeah, that's fine. And then yeah, I, that's good. I've greenlit I, this. <laughs> You're not it. supposed to edit it after I greenlit it. That's not how this works. <laughs> and then sent it across. I could, I've been wanting to tell people all day about that. I think I saw that on Twitter and I was like, yes, he's not going to be married for very long, is he? <laughs> <laughs> she, she, knows, she knows exactly the kind of person that i am so i, don't, I she, think I'll she signed to. up for it when she said <laughs> she yes she did she knows exactly what my sense of humor is and i think she will find it funny to be quite honest i hope i hope <laughs> we shall see because of course <laughs> this time next week like on our when our next podcast comes out you'll be married be getting married I uh, so um so when this podcast comes out so next friday we will not be this podcast the- our next one our next one, uh, we will be uh, setting up the venue on the Friday and going out for food and drinks with a couple of um, uh, our friends and family that are also staying over the night before the wedding. Um, and then, yeah, and then on the Saturday, I'll I'll be a married man. Yeah, buddy. 
Yeah, so it's all starting to set. It's starting to sink in now. The realization is starting to sink in. Did you um, have to delay the wedding? Sorry, I know no, this is a Pokemon no, podcast, but I'm no. I'm interested in your life. <laughs> no, no, that's that's absolutely fine. No, I I proposed George. So the plan was to propose in. Uh, bah, 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 when was it? Did you it propose was... during COVID? So you were like, well, yes, we're gonna have to sit at home with each other for a while anyway. We may as well plan a wedding. Might, <laughs> might as well. No. So what happened was that I was planning on proposing. So that was it. So um, for her uh, birthday present, which is in uh, December. I bought us a weekend away to this um this basically glamping. So it was a fancy mm-hmm. fancy pod with a wood fired hot tub. It was out in the, you know, in the middle of nowhere in Wales. It was absolutely amazing. And then my plan was to propose to her then. Uh and then obviously with COVID, we went into a second lockdown over Christmas, didn't we? Yeah. Um, so all of a sudden that got shifted back to April. So I had this ring. The engagement ring for the best part of about six to eight months before I actually got to pop the question. Then we went away in the um, in the April. It was uh, I proposed to her, and then while I was doing the log fire cabin and the log fire um, hot tub, Moles was um, looking at wedding venues literally on the day of. And the wedding venue that she inquired about on that day is actually the one we're getting married at. Oh, um, wow. So it worked out worked out really well. And because it literally it was the last day of the early bird discount as well. So we got a few extra additions in there, um, which nothing amazing, but it does help to save a, a little bit of cash. Um, and then when we went in, uh, it would have been June of last year to look at the venue, which was a building site, like literally a building site. It was a old-fashioned stately home that they had pretty much gutted. So we were walking around, they were showing us mood boards and everything else, but we just fell in love with the place, absolutely loved it. Um, and then when it came to setting a date, we had the choice between August 2022 or August 2023. And there was no way I was waiting until 2023. It's one of those things where, you know, I know quite a few people that have been engaged for a very long time and I didn't want to get down that route. I wanted to go, right, okay, let's just set a date. Let's power through with it. Um, and so, yeah, and now the day is almost upon us. Wow. So not long at all. So because this is a Pokemon podcast, we should probably move, <laughs> move on to our main <laughs> content. Um, so we've, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet apparently introducing three ways to play the game, even though we only know one, maybe two. Technically um, one. Technically one, and that is the traditional gym challenge. We wanted to discuss the future direction Game Freak could take with mixing up the gym challenge formula. So kick this off for us, Connor. So I'm obviously going to... Well, let's let's first theorize if we could, because I do enjoy yes. doing that nowadays. What do we think the other two options are going to be? The other two paths. Now, I've gone on the record saying that mm. I think it's going to be racing of some yes. sort and some kind of like dungeon crawl, like classic RPG dungeons with puzzles and probably a boss Pokemon at the top of it. And those, I think, are going to be the towers. And it was actually pitched to me the other day that similar to how it works in Assassin's Creed, Maybe you need to defeat the tower to get to the top, to see over the edge, to, like, map out the region. Yes. I hadn't thought about that. So we 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 knew that the racing gimmick was very likely, mainly because, A, 
the legendary Pokemon that you get. They're basically bicycles. They're all terrain vehicles, aren't they? Yeah, um, basically. They're a very good way did... of putting it, actually. It, yeah. And we got to see in the latest trailer from last week a a car of a some car. variety. A yeah. car with no driver. Yes. And then obviously you get out in the, you know, in the wild area, for lack of a better word, you have got those kind of petrol station things. Um, so everything seems to be pointing to to that being one of the three ways you can play that game. They also mentioned treasure hunting, but it wasn't clear, was it, whether or not that was one of the three gimmicks or that was just something else you can do. But what you've said about, you know, traditional dungeon crawl, getting to the top, battling a boss, that's the first first I've heard of that. I absolutely love that. I absolutely am in love with that idea. And hopefully, I'm hoping that might... That might help to appease some of the fans, maybe, that are saying that Pokemon isn't difficult enough. Or, or it's a bit stale. That, yes. Uh, and, you know, it's more of a linear path. Because I like to think if they do take inspiration from old-style games where it is a dungeon crawl, typically, from the ones I've played, thinking back to Final Fantasy, the other day's Final Fantasy, you would end up going down corridors, getting into loads of random battles down there, only to get to the end and think, this is a dead end. Or, oh, this goes off in a different direction than I need to go. But I'm still going to go down this way because there might be treasure or loot at the end of it. So I love that idea. Plus, I'm almost convinced it doesn't matter. Like, So I don't think you're going to have to be as kitted up to go into these dungeons as mm. you would, say, going through a cave, uh, like a long cave. You won't have to stack up on your hyper potions and stuff. I'm very convinced there's going to be some kind of crafting mechanic in here. Mm. And I think it's going to focus around cooking. So yeah. I think you're going to be able to effectively, like Breath of the Wild, cook up your food and use that to heal up your Pokemon. So there'll be like ingredients in these dungeons that you can use for that kind of thing anyway. So uh, like an extended dungeon crawl seems reasonable to me. The other thing I've got is the fact that we've now been introduced to three friends slash rivals slash school companions. Mm-hmm. And there are three different paths. Oh. So we know Nimona is your standard rival and yes. most likely is going to act as like the Pokemon challenge, the Pokemon League rival. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that the other two act as your kind of friend slash rival for the other two paths? It looks like Arvin, I think that's his name, the, the, the elder classman with his big yellow yeah. backpack is going to See be the like... He's the chef who looks oh. who we have seen in the trailer like bend down with you next to a big purple flower that's glowing and stuff. So that strikes to me as like, okay, is that going to be like our dungeon crawl, uh, tower kind of quest, rival slash friend slash ally? And then you've got Penny, who is left with like the racing. And it's said in Penny's bio that she is you know, she's shy and she doesn't, she's constantly like missing from school and she's very mysterious and keeps to herself. And it strikes me as like, that girl is the head of a racing gang. Right. So I'm on board with that. Well, I'm on board with the, the three characters and therefore, you know, each of them have, you know, lead you down one of the three paths that we've mm -hmm. got. 
And this isn't the first time I've heard about, you know, cooking potentially, you know, appearing. We obviously had cooking in Pokemon Sword and Shield. Mm-hmm. And we've got, obviously, Pokemon Cafe Remix as well. Is the third path potentially just a cooking minigame? Series of cooking minigames. <laughs> just- Collecting ingredients and cooking. Just cooking mama with Pokemon. Yeah, pretty pretty much. Yeah, just just sorting out the Pokemon, you know, whacking a slow poke tail, you know, comes full circle back to Gen 2. I I me hope me? not. <laughs> no, me neither. Me <laughs> if I'm, if I'm being brutally honest, I hope not. <laughs> no, no. I so do you th- so the, why do you think Game Freak have gone down this path of three options? Uh, d- because and the reason I bring that up is because for the first six gener- generations, we had the traditional gym challenge. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of went a different way with Gen 7, which was the trials. And I remember at that time reading a lot of articles about them wanting to mix up the traditional formula. Yep. And I, it's one of them that at the time I didn't really care for, but the more I have played Sun and Moon, the more I've gone, oh, I kind of like this. I, I think it was a bit unpolished, maybe. The, it was because sometimes it felt like they didn't go far enough with taking it away from that traditional formula because sometimes you would have to battle the Alola well you would have to battle the Alolan trial captains which basically were gym battles weren't they um and then they kind of went back to the gym battles for gen 8 so Mm -hmm. so what what's their reasoning behind this for gen 9 to go well you've got the traditional gym challenge and Oh, you've also got these two other ways. Is this them experimenting, hedging their bets, trying to please a larger and ever-growing, diverse, you know, customer base? What do I we think, think? I think hedging their bets is a very good way to put it. I think as a company, because there's a lot of new blood coming through now. There's a lot of like younger staff getting o- older and sort of taking on more senior positions, and a lot of the senior staff are kind of not necessarily stepping down, but taking a more backseat role so innovation is inevitable at this point mm. i think with a series as old as pokemon it's innovate or die and that yeah. has been kind of screamed at them from their fan base over the last couple of years you know there was a load of issues with sword and shield that people didn't like they tried to take a step in gen 7 but it didn't kind of go far enough and people weren't that interested in it and mm. it's still rated as like one of the lower tier games by a lot of people. I think realistically, they've been trying to do new stuff all the time. Realistically, you go back to Gen 3, they had the contests. Now, yes. this three this three root system is just saying, well, what if the contest could have progressed a story? Or what mm. if there was, there was a story that could have progressed by doing the contest and you could have just done the contests? Yeah. I think they've they've tried to do this for so long and Pokemon is a weird series for a series that's all about evolution it takes a really long time to actually evolve itself and it's because i've said before you know game freak listen to their audience to a fault a lot of the times and they're constant as you say they've got this such a large fan base they're trying to cater to everyone but not mess with the formula too much yeah and i think that's why they've kind of gone well hang on legends arceus was a little bit different and people still liked it but it still followed kind of the same basic thing Okay, let's let's add this in. We'll add this in, and we'll see what people like. Because if they don't like it, it's fine. They can just stick to the normal gin challenge. We, we, that's there for them. They don't have to do all the rest of it. But 
if they do like it, then we have a direction we can take the franchise in the future that isn't cemented in gym challenge. You do the gym challenge, you do the eight gyms, you beat the league, you win the game. That's it, done. Mm. So I like, I'm glad you brought up the Pokemon contest because it's one of the notes that I've got here because in, I've recently played Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. I'm pretty sure there's only two of the contest halls from the top of my head, maybe three. Whereas I remember when I played Pokemon Sapphire when I was young, I played the hell out of those Pokemon contests. I loved them. They were so different. I loved the fact that, you know, whenever you had a move, it had your traditional, you, you know, you, you got tackle and it was, you know, 35 power and whatever accuracy. And then you could press one of the buttons. It'd be like, oh, this is a cute move or this is a beautiful move. This is a, um, I don't know. It's a cool move. It's a tough, cool. Yeah. It's tough, yeah. cool. Not words, I meant. Tough move. I, it's a tough, cool move. Um, I, I absolutely love that. And I vaguely remember there was a lot more of the contest halls in, in you know, the original Gen 3 games. But I might be wrong. That might be me. That might be me misremembering i but seem to say, remember the same thing and i remember them being out of order yes so you'd kind of stumble along one along one and it'd be like oh this is the super elite one you can't do this until you've beaten all the other contest halls and you come back here and it added such an interesting reason mm. to revisit cities yes oh yeah definitely and it and they had the pokeberry thing as well didn't it yeah the, the poker blocks the, you, yeah, you blend the berries that was up it. that was it i spent hours on that and just looking back, that almost feels like what we're talking about now for Gen 9, where you have all the paths. That's where they could have potentially gone with that. Because mm -hmm. that in itself, like, it wasn't like that was just a one and done gimmick in one of the areas. Like, they would have had to create so much extra work and coding for them in terms of, you know, all the moves have different. Because it. Basically, you've got an entirely different battle system working in that game where, you know, if you use the same move or the same type of, like, cool move, you get less points and what you do can affect the other three Pokemon and what they do can affect you. And then at the end, whoever scored the most points wins. It is almost like, you know, the traditional gym challenge of, you know, you're competing with somebody to win first place. And then you can do it in multiple locations while you travel the world. And then, like you said, there's an elite hall or the, the final hall where everything's the most difficult, which is basically the Elite Four. It mm -hmm. does make you wonder whether or not they have, for the longest time, been trying different things to see what sticks. And either they haven't been assured enough that the fans love it, or that by the time the game gets released, they're already working on the next game. And, you know, they're already working on the Pokemon, the gym challenge, all that kind of stuff. And therefore, it always just gets added in as a an extra. So, for example, the, the Battle Subway uh, uh, is something that I never really played, but I'm pretty sure that's quite a expansive addition in, in Gen 5 as well. And then... You only have to think about Legends Arceus as well, which, you know, it still had the check marks. So instead of the gyms, you, you know, there were the five, um, whatever Pokemon they were called. I can't remember Noble off the top Pokemon. of my head now. Noble Pokemon. Thank you for saving me there. Um, 
And that did it in a different way, where it wasn't about a gym challenge, it was about actually completing the Pokedex. So there have been multiple times where Game Freak is looking at different ways to, you know, give people the option to explore the games in maybe, or explore the series in different ways using different systems. So I don't think it come I don't think it it came as a surprise to me that they were introducing multiple ways to no. play this game. It felt very much like a oh yeah, that seems like a natural evolution. I mean if I bring it back to contests, I mean the contests have been set up, at least in the anime, as a separate path since generation three. May was a contest uh competitor. Dawn was a contest competitor. Serena was a contest competitor. While Ash did the gym challenge, they traveled with him to do the contests. That's what they did. So it's it's oh. almost been primed from a long time ago that like Pokemon battling is not the only way to exist in this world. And it's it surprises me that it's taken this long for us to finally take that on to finally have that implemented in such a way as like, well, no, I can make the choice as to what I want to do. I don't, because, I don't know. It, it was all to do with triggers and following a storyline and gyms were just the natural way that those triggers worked. Mm. Where those placements were for like, we'll separate the story up this way. And as I say, the gym challenge, the not the gym challenges, the island challenge was yeah. slightly different. Hmm. We're talking about Alola here, yeah? Yeah, the, Ol the yeah. Alola and the Island Challenge. It was slightly different. I don't think it was different enough. What? No, what? Okay. Uh, uh, let's, simply because we, we've kind of discussed Pokemon contests, and we, we've kind of mentioned the Alolan Trials. Okay. Let's, let's discuss the Trials a little bit more, simply because they are, out of all the mainline games, other than probably Legends Arceus, which isn't really a mainline game. I kind of consider that like Gen 8.5. Yeah, you can back and forth it, on it. Yeah, it, it, it's it's different, but I still believe it, it should be counted as one of the main games because it's done by the main team. Now, with the Alolan Trials, that is the one out of all of the eight gens that we've got so far that has really gone, okay, the gym challenge is, is no longer the same. We are tweaking it. And they they probably didn't go far enough. Was there anything in that that you liked in the trials? Oh, you're trying to make me think of the trials in Alola now. Um, mm. Like the totem Pokemon was fun. It yeah. was a fun. They were hard battles. They could That's really, what, yes. they could really that, be rough battles. That's where I was going with that because I, I've only recently, I've recently done them as a randomizer, so it's a slightly different experience, and they it ups the level to a stupid degree when you you know find a legendary tone mm -hmm. Pokemon that boosts its stats. But I was thinking back to when I played it several years ago, uh, when it wasn't a randomizer, and those tone Pokemon gave me, they would, they were difficult because it wasn't. It wasn't so much that they're, well, they're just boosted, but also they can call in help Pokemon via mm -hmm. the SOS system. And suddenly it's a two-on-one and one of the Mons has got their stats boosted. And for me, who has been screaming out for years that yeah, I would like a little bit more difficulty in my Pokemon games, it kind of scratched that itch, but maybe like we've already said, didn't go far enough. 
It's I. It's such a weird one because part of me is like, well, it's just a battle, and that's all a gym is—a small mm. little puzzle followed by a battle—is what a gym is, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and to, to the point where they brought. So, for instance, in Sword and Shield, you do the little Wulu roundup thing. You do, yeah. I love that. That I love, I, that, mini I, game. I love that as well. But that feels to me very much like an island challenge. Yes. That feels yes. like the same kind of thing you would have done in an island challenge, which yeah. does that mean that they took from the island challenge and put it into a gym, or does it mean that's what kind of what gyms always were? If if they can be replaced with each other and one could be mistaken for the other, then they're too close. I get what you mean. For me, the Alolan challenges felt like they were part of nature. Therefore, mm-hmm. you should be seeing the Pokemon on the the you know when you're doing the trials and i get what you mean actually but by that because when you mentioned the the wulu challenge in the um in the first um gym my mind straight away went to the second gym because there aren't any pokemon it's just all the different pipes and it felt like a more traditional pokemon gym um more of a puzzle than a challenge yes I yes, suppose that's exactly. the difference. Is it, I, for it to for it to consist as a, sorry for it to be considered as a challenge. Yes. I will get my words out today. I'm very good at this. I speak all the time. It's fine. Um, <laughs> for it to be considered as a challenge, you kind of there needs to be a skill involved. Yes, I get. Yeah, I I get that. Not Wait, that there's is... no skill involved in puzzling, but it's more logic than execution. Yeah, and we've always had that. So I'm thinking of the. Um... Like the ice type puzzles that come up every now and again. And even now, like as a kid, I used to struggle. Uh, and even now as an adult, when I'm doing them in my Let's Play series, I still struggle with them every now and again. Like thinking about um, Price's Gym or the, you know, the final gym in um, Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, where you have to like, you know, move across the tiles and make sure that you don't step on the same one twice. But do you see I, what I mean? That's a, that's an ice yes. puzzle, yeah. Rather than an ice challenge, it would be it's a puzzle because once you step onto that ice, you go in a direction and that's it. You just need to work out the path through it. There's yeah. no skill involved. If you were instead having to race someone through it, suddenly that's a challenge. And maybe like that that's what yeah. was missing a little bit from the Alolan challenge for me. There wasn't a lot of skill involved uh. in much of it. No, I'm thinking back to them, and I can't remember all of them, but I remember one of them was like, you've got to track down the three... Um, the Rattatas or whatever. Yeah, and it's like you just go to the holes a couple of times. Like, like you say, there's no skill in that. It's mm-hmm. just... Whereas thinking to um, Legends of Arceus, going back to that amazing game, um, where you have to pop the balloons. Now, there is skill in that. Yes, Because there is. it's about mastering... The different, especially the more the later ones, where you are jumping between multiple ride Pokemon in a single run and having to go. Okay, if I want to hit that one, I know I need to switch to the Bravery at this height while in free fall, so that I'll get the boost to get back up to. Now that is more skill based because yeah. it requires you to try it again and again. So. Thinking about that, is that potentially something we would like to see? Maybe in Gen 10 is that it is more, you know, maybe there is a route you can go and it is more based on skill rather than, you know, just the the 
you know, the challenge and doing something over and over again until you're like, oh yeah, I, I know the path through this, which, you know, doesn't doesn't really require skill. It just requires a bit of, you know, puzzle solving. Well, I think that's going to be the difference in Gen 9, let alone Gen 10. I think you're going to have like your standard gym challenge, these towers, which are going to be probably more puzzle-based. If we think of it like yeah. on that level of Zelda, it's like, I'll oh, move this, use strength here, you know, those classic dungeons mm -hmm. that we've seen in Pokemon before, like the strength-based puzzles and all that kind of stuff. That's going to be more of your logic-based one. And then the skill challenge will be the third path. Yeah. That's how I think it's going to be. And that's, and again, we talk about contests. There is skill in a contest. It's a completely different skill to battling. And that's yeah. why it stands out. Yeah. Yeah. So the racing then. Mm-hmm. Would you? Because we we literally the the racing hasn't even been confirmed. Is no, just that's something that's, that, uh, that's our speculation, basically. It is, and I think all the hints are pointing to that. So I'd be very surprised if it wasn't racing. But do you see this as racing against other people, or more like your traditional popping the balloons going around, or going through rings is probably the better? I think the popping of the balloons was a hint towards where they were going. Whether they've got like an AI system worked out where you can race with people, because I'd I'd still love to see like the evil team, whatever evil team is on the racing storyline, like be able to kick you or something as they go past. Road be Rush able to... style. Did you did you ever did... used to play Road Rush? I didn't, but I know of the oh. game. Oh, it's great, great game. It, for anyone that doesn't know, it was basically a, you race on bikes from start to finish against other racers, but you can punch and kick them off said bikes and pick up weapons to help you to do that so there was a little bit of there was more aggression involved so that'd be quite cool especially if you could use pokemon during the race as well yeah. if they i mean don't kick pokemon obviously well, but no. i would i would love the evil team to kind of cheat yes like you know? for example like you know you're ahead they throw a stumpfisk on the ground ahead of you you go into it, you tie your you know your tire locks up for a few seconds or something like that so Mario Kart. Pokemon yeah, pretty, Mario Kart. That's much. what we want. So I I would actually I would really love that. So but it's a real part it's a possibility with Gen 9. And I think what Sword and Shield has maybe opened their eyes to is okay, how do we keep people's attention on this game for as long as possible? Because the longer you keep a person's attention on that game, the more likely they are to recommend it to other people, therefore increase sales. The more likely in other games, not so much Pokemon, they will use you know microtransactions for in-game currency. Uh, it's also more likely that when the DLC comes out, it's still fresh in their mind and therefore more likely to, to purchase said DLC. And we've seen this in Sword and Shield where the raid dens have come out and they are constantly updating the raid dens with you know you've got increased odds to find uh shinies you've got increased odds to find new pokemon mythical pokemon legendary pokemon whatever it might be so is the three paths potentially them going okay how can we get people to continue playing this game for when the inevitable dlc comes out and then when we bring out you know whatever the gen 5 remakes are or you know the next stop gap between gen 9 and gen 10 like legends arceus people are more likely to go Oh, I, I'm, I'm still in my Pokemon frame of mind. I want to buy it. And a racing minigame feels like a way that they could quite conceivably do that. 
in, I mean, if you are racing Mario against Kart other people, eight, sorry, Mario Kart Eight yeah. has been out since the Wii U era, and yeah. it hasn't really changed. No, no, and it and still it sells. Yes, massive amounts. Exactly, it doesn't doesn't need to change. Like the 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 the, the Switch era has been absolutely fantastic for for basically creating like best of games so mario with all the mario kart with all the you know extra maps super smash bros with all the previous characters you know maybe that that is one of the great things about the switch is following the failure of the wii u they kind of had to go oh how do we pull this back and applying that kind of thinking to pokemon in terms of okay how do we maximize the number of users that stay with this console with this game for as long as possible and obviously you've got people that will keep coming back to it for the you know the the online battles and the competitions that they they have you've got the raid um you know terror raids or whatever they're going to be called in in gen 9 to get people to continue come back and you know try and track down rare pokemon shiny pokemon pokemon with the terror typing that they really want racing just feels like a natural progression in that thinking about um gta 5 which has been going on for what 10 odd years now online mm-hmm. and racing is a massive thing in that and it keeps people coming back yeah it doesn't even have to be the main focus of the game no but if it's on the side and people yeah. can use it people will race all day long yes yes and because it's that competitive element, especially if there's like leaderboards, for example, and people going, I want to keep playing this because, you know, I'm currently 212. But if I work hard enough, I can get top 100 in the world. And they keep, you know, putting time into that game. And like I've said, like ultimately Game Freak is a company and they exist to make money. And, you know, part of that is A, the sales of the games, but also the sales of the, the DLC as well. So anything they can do to maximize, you know, th- those returning engaged customers, they're, they're going to to do um so i've kind of taught myself now into like a cross between mario kart and pokemon and i know i'm gonna be disappointed when it's like oh you just race through the rings i don't yeah i don't think it's gonna be quite that i love the idea yeah but um yeah but who knows they they might come out and and surprise us um shall we should we talk about what other things they could potentially like or what we would like to see what we would like to see in future games if they're gonna do like these like side Pokemon tangentially related story paths. Mm-hmm. What kind of thing would you like to see? Yes. Um, for me, this, this, one of the great things about Legends Arcus is it wasn't the traditional gym challenge. It's one of the things that really stood out to me. There, there was two things really going on in that game is that obviously there was the, the Pokedex completion that was, their version so you know the whole point in that game while there is a, a story going on the the whole the whole game was about completing the pokedex which i hadn't done in you know a, a while so it was nice to do that but you still had you know the whole the wild poke the 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 um noble pokemon have gone crazy the you know the world is in danger which we have had in previous games but it's always kind of felt tacked on in other games. I don't know if you feel the same. Maybe it was because Legends Arcus felt a lot more story-driven, whereas mm. previous generations have felt a lot more gym-driven with a story kind of in place to kind of move you from, you know, city to city, from gym to gym. I yeah. 
Sorry, I, I, just to jump in on that. So, if, yeah. Legends of Arceus was more lore based in mm. its progression than anything else. Like, yeah. you were there to save the world, and you kind of knew that from the start. That was your mission. Yes. Catch all the Pokemon, save the world. In every other game, it's been a case of your mission is to defeat the Elite Four. Yeah. You just get caught up in some stuff along the way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you'll you'll go and defeat it. Team Rocket because they happen to be in your way. Like, it's not because you want to stop them doing what they're doing. It's just because they're inconveniencing you. So you may as well mm. deal with them. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a great way to, to put it. And I, I would love a more story-driven game where, you know, you do have the option to take on the gyms, but that's not why you're there. You're, that's not why you're in that region. You're in that region because, you know, you've heard about an evil team that is, you know, kicking up a storm and you want to go out to to stop them and that means you know going out to the wild area finding clues as to where they've gone um talking to people and you know finding out oh they stole your pokemon well what did they look like all oh, right okay now i need to go to this city and track down like i'm, I'm thinking like um um looker from from i was some gonna of the say exactly that, that. it was like off. oh you want to work with looker yeah. in the international police yeah. yeah like why can't we get something like that because we had hints about police and officer jenny and stuff but honestly like nine generations of pokemon games like the police are either you know criminally underfunded or incompetent because they are or letting god they're in on it they are in on it oh i, I can't remember which episode i was watching recently where jenny shows up it's it's that one that we watched last week where like yes all the elite team rocket squad are doing stuff yes jenny yes. shows up the moment everything's finished and it's like yeah. you were on site to show yep. up now there is no yes. way you weren't like oh you're in on it all the jennies yeah. are being bought <laughs> the, the corruption runs deep within the pokemon police oh. force <laughs> could you imagine that as a as a game like for children and you just got all these people just backstabbing one another the criminal underlead uh, you know, <laughs> <for> kids. <laughs> the kids love that they gotta learn about that so, at some point um like i would love for a a different style of game and maybe maybe some of what i'm looking for there is in detective pikachu i've never played that so i don't know it's kind of making me want to play it now to be honest with you and that was going to be my question at what point does this become a spin-off game yes so on that note like does a mainline game always have to have a gym challenge or a version of a gym challenge because obviously we had gen 7 yeah i i think it does I think they, and, and that's because they have gone down this route for so long that I think that is, if you are buying, you as a customer know that if you are buying one of the traditional games where there's two versions of it, you know you are getting some kind of gym challenge elite for. And you that's what you signed up for. That's what you know. You might be able to do other things on the site, but they might not always be, you know, the way that you complete that game or they might not always be you know the the main part of that game i think if if they're going to do anything as unique as legends arcus again it's not going to be a main generation game i don't think that's fair i've also just really thought i've just bouncing off your idea now it's i'm really excited for this like international police game that we're not getting but like have you ever read the original manga 
I haven't. It's one of those that I want to because I know it's a lot darker. It's, it's so the, good. It's yeah. so good. Like, it okay. is darker, and that's probably the thing that people will always say to you. It's like, oh, my God, an Arbok gets cut in half. And it's like, yeah, yeah, there is that, but it's actually just full of really great characters and really great lore. And yeah. y- you know how, like, Giovanni is a gym leader, and so, they use the gym as, like, yes. a backstage or a front, sorry, for Team Rocket. Yeah. There are other gym leaders who are members of Team Rocket so, as well. Sabrina's one, isn't she? Sabrina and, and Lieutenant Surge. And Lieutenant Blaine Surge. used to be. Right. See. But Blaine made Mewtwo and put yes. his own DNA into Mewtwo and it all goes. Hey? It's so good <laughs> and it's so wacky and I love it. But there's there's a purpose to it because you get the badge boost. In Generation oh, yeah. 1, you get the badge boost for like yeah. earning the badges. So having control over the gyms and the badges that give boost to Pokemon literally makes them stronger. So oh. that's why Team Rocket have these people uh, sort of planted. That's why they have this influence in the gyms. Like the story makes so much sense. So yeah. you could have an international police where you're investigating this evil team and you realize that the corruption runs deep and actually a bunch of the gym leaders are on the evil team. Oh, I love that. I, I, it's one of the frustrations I think sometimes with me with the Pokemon games is that sometimes the how they the story isn't deep enough. It's kind of I'm just a typical mustache twirling bad guy. Like you meet somebody in the first you know couple of cities, and you're like they're the bad guy. They're the ones that I've got to beat. They're the ones that I'm gonna you know. That they're a rival, but they are ultimately working for the bad guy. There's no mystery. Like the closest I, I can think to the a mystery that we've gotten is, or sorry, that's probably a bad way to phrase it. That like a surprise or the Volo twist. It, well, not just that, but Volo Benny, um, who was suddenly you know Wally's ancestor as a ninja, but then also the um commander. Um, turning on you yeah turning on you and going actually we don't trust you like it's no coincidence that you know the sky opens up you fall through it and then you just happen to be the one that can quell all these noble pokemon like no we don't you might be helping us but we don't trust you and you know the the that game like the story and that, it's one of those annoying things because like I've heard other people say, yeah, I've completed it. I wouldn't play it again. And I'm like, not at the moment I wouldn't play it, but I'd like to play it again in the future because the, the story was so different to what you get in a traditional Pokemon game and some of the twists and turns in that series and the fact that it just felt more mature. I think that's what I'm looking mm-hmm. at here is, is the fact that like straight off the bat, they tell you that Pokemon are dangerous and Pokemon are attacking you in the wild. And, you know, some of the, some of the people make no, they, they basically outright say that, yeah, if you go out to the wild unprepared, you're pretty much dead. I'm pretty sure it's like one of the, I can't think of any other Pokemon game that actually uses the, the you know, the word dead. Outside the Pokedex. Yeah. Like, and it just feels more mature. And maybe that's what I want. Maybe that is what I'm looking for is, you know, the, the Pokemon games, they are aimed towards children, um, but that's not their sole audience anymore. And maybe, you know, me as now an adult, maybe, oh, maybe I am looking for things that are a bit more mature themed 
in in the Pokemon games. And that's the and thing. Maybe... Like, sorry, I no, I, I, I no, keep no, cutting go, go, go. in, but no, I just go I, for it. It's do you know do you ever get into conversations with someone and it's like that's a really good point. If I don't say it to you yes. now, you're I'm going forget. to continue yes. this conversation yes. in my head and ignore yes. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. go for it. <laughs> go on, <laughs> lay down. Mature themes doesn't always have to be dark either. Mm, there mm, are mm. really mature characters in Legends Arceus. For instance, yes. you got Polina and yeah. uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the guy from the Diamond Clan. And the fact that they are effectively yeah. like your Romeo and Juliet couple. They are yeah. not supposed to be together, but they work together and they really like each other and they're great. And I love them. Mm. They are fabulous mm. together. They are. And then you've also got Polina and Irida who like have this relationship where it's clear they used to be friends and then something happened mostly to do with the Growlithe and the Arcanine dying and things like that. So you've got the dead dog in there. So maybe it is a little bit dark, but the fact that they then spread that out to, well, their relationship fell apart and one became a leader and the other one doesn't necessarily resent her for it, but she definitely feels like she's resented for it and maybe resents herself a little bit for the way she's dealt with that situation. And it's like, that's beautiful. The yes. fact that you can have these character interactions that are a little bit deeper, that are a little bit more motivated, and it doesn't all have to be said aloud. It doesn't have to be mm. stated, this is how I feel about so-and-so, this is how they treated me. It's all subtext, and that's what I feel like a mature story is. It's lots yep. of subtext, lots of characters with their own individual motivations interacting with each other. I I I love that take. I absolutely love that take. And like like you say, the the thing that stood out to me is it, it doesn't need to be dark. Some people equate those two things as being the same, and that they are not. Um, and I don't think I ever want to see Pokemon go down. You know, a dark deconstruction of oh, you know, the Pokemon they slice one another in half. Oh, it's dead and all that. Like for me, that that I I wouldn't enjoy that. That's not for me. But the mature themes and going okay as an adult these people feel a lot more like when you play the Pokemon games, it's almost like everything is viewed from a child, you know, child tinted Mm -hmm. lens of, Oh, it's all this, this world, you know, the evil bad guys are all evil, but they're not going to do anything that bad. They're they're just, you know, it's fine. We'll let them off with a smack on the wrist at the end of the story. It's okay. You know, they're just being mischievous more than anything. I, I, don't want that. I, w- I want to be able to, you know, play a game and go, oh, okay, that was, you know, that was a bit heart-wrenching in places, a bit of an eye-opener, and it made me feel things that, you know, the traditional Pokemon games didn't because they did explore things that aren't in the traditional um, Pokemon game. But I, I digress. I, I don't think we're going to get that in the main generations. No, maybe not, but I want now, to see it. The... So I've only got one other note here in terms of, you know, other ways to play. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because more and more people, I'm hearing this from more and more people, from more and more um, uh, Pokemon YouTubers and people that enjoy our content is um, a style of play that is around gym leader defense where you play as a gym leader. And I just, I personally don't get how that would be entertaining. I don't see how that could keep my attention because the closest we've gotten to that is, you know, trying to keep your champion title, crown, whatever, in Alola, where whenever you beat the Elite Four, you are challenged to a random 
you know, member of a, a Lowland that tries to take your crown. And I always remember going, okay, I do like the fact that, uh, you know, there's not a, you know, it's not like when you replay any of the other Elite Four and it's always, you know, it's always blue at the end of it. It's always Steven Stone. You know, they're just that bit stronger. It is like a different team to come at you. But I couldn't see myself just in that gym going, okay, right, so it's now another trainer with these Pokemon. And it's the same thing over and over again. Do, do you think that could work? And if so, I, how? I think it could. I think, uh, especially for us to enjoy it, because I think we have the same kind of fuse towards this, is there needs to be a story element there. There's no story element ah, in just, okay. I sit in this gym yes. and people yes. come to fight me. But gym leaders do other stuff. At least, I, I believe, it's my understanding, that gym leaders are effectively, like, leaders of their town, not just the gym. They are seen ah, as one okay. of the most powerful people across that town. So you okay. have a status within it. You're not the mayor, you're not in charge, but you have a, a position which you must, yeah. like, defend. So yes. it's not just defending your gym. Because, yeah. uh, you know, people coming to fight your gym, theoretically, you're supposed to lose some of those if you're a gym mm -hmm. leader. Otherwise, yeah. nobody yeah. progresses to become the champion. So I'm not yeah. really sure how that would work if that's the thing. It's like, oh, mm. I'm the undefeated gym leader. It's like, you're a terrible gym leader. So then. if, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you keep losing, you are a terrible gym leader. So the but if you keep I... winning and nobody can he... beat you, nobody can get the eighth badge. No, no, that's also bad. So the way I'd, I, if that was a game, that you know or a style of you know mi mixing up the traditional gym challenge formula because that's what we're talking about here and the gym challenge you know playing it from the perspective of a gym leader is, is still mixing up that formula the way i would see that implemented is it's a mix between you know sim style um building up your town so as you get better as a gym leader and people go oh this person's really good more people visit your town therefore you need to make sure your town has the resources to to meet that demand of people coming in but also when people come into your gym depending on how good you are the challenge is okay i know these gym trainers are going to come at me they're, they're going to try and challenge me and it's a it's a matter of okay I can just battle them one-on-one, -on -one, but eventually they will become so strong that I am guaranteed to lose. So therefore, maybe the challenge is, okay, I know that the next four trainers are coming up back to back to back, but I can hire certain gym trainers or I can put puzzles or challenges in the gym. <laughs> and it gym becomes a tower defense. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. exactly what I was thinking. I was like, that, I, if he doesn't bring it up, I'm going to say it. it, it you just that, build a tower defense game. Yes. Because at the yes. start of it, you have to fight every trainer who comes into your gym yes. and it becomes tiring. But when you beat them, you take their money and you spend their yeah. money on yes. other trainers to come in. Thank and you. You, you. You spend money on training those and getting yeah. their Pokemon leveled up. So suddenly, like, and you can move up the ranks in the gyms. Yeah. So you can become and the eighth gym leader instead yes. of the first gym leader. <laughs> so what, so yeah, exactly. So the way it'd work is like, when you get so many wins, for example, you would go, oh, you're now the second gym leader. Therefore, you are allowed three Pokemon or you're allowed Pokemon up to a certain level or a certain evolution, for example. And then it could be that the game, you know, the game is built in such a way that you will lose. It's just a matter of what level you lose 
at. So eventually you get to the point where, you know, you've maxed out the amount of trainers that you're allowed in your gym. You've chosen certain Pokemon for them based on who you know is coming in to challenge you. You have, um, you know, built up your team. So you've got a full team of six fully evolved Mons that are in high levels. But you know that the gym trainers are still going to be coming for you to challenge you. And you are allowed so many losses, maybe, until it's like, you know, it, it comes up with a game over screen. Oh, you've lost too many challenges. The the Elite Four no longer think you you can hold on to this position anymore. You have been fired. And may, maybe that's what you do with a gym leader. So it is, yeah, as you say, it's tower defense game. I would play that. But you've, you've, I've been bought around on it. You brought yourself around I on it. I brought myself around on it. <laughs> well, because I, I think of it, I, I don't know how much you play like football games not a lot to be not a lot so no. it's 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 different it's the difference between like football manager and fifa so football manager mm, you mm. kind of just like set your team up and you do all the backroom yeah, stuff yeah. and then they either win or they don't or you got the fifa style which you still kind of do the backroom stuff it's not quite as involved no but you then play the matches yes so you do it the fifa style you have your tower defense yep. you have yeah. Like I, I buy this particular terrain because it actually improves my Pokemon's capability and weakens like search. So I, I run a, I run a uh, water type gym because obviously you have to pick a typing. Mm. Yeah, it, you do. Like, yeah, oh yeah, yes. It's just a standard. You have to pick a typing. So I pick a water type gym. So I have to build my gym to have a bunch of water in it for my water mm. Pokemon to survive in and like have the advantage in. But then I'm going to make all the other ground, like all the other platforms, like solid dirt so that it absorbs the electric type pokemon's attacks oh would this oh. ever happen i don't know we're just having I, fun here at this point if <laughs> if this is if this is ever gonna happen it's gonna be a fan made game which probably means it's gonna get shut down and we're never gonna experience it anyway i'm a me thinking about it this feels like the kind of game that comes out on mobile i was exactly what i was thinking it's, it is a mobile game yeah, it is. It's absolutely... I, I would play the hell out of this. And I know there'd be microtransactions. Doesn't mean you have to pay money. Um, I'd be okay with it. I want this now. It'd be microtransactions to speed up. Yes. Oh, yeah, that would be... Yes, that that would always be... Oh, you, oh, you need to rest or pay 5,000 coins and you don't need to rest or, or watch this advert, which... Yeah, yeah. You, 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 can buy, you can buy coins to get this upgrade or you can just battle trainers and actually play the game. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Um, have you got anything else that you want I'd, to? Honestly, nothing that's going to compare to those two. <laughs> no, that kind of. I think that's quite nicely wrapped up that that discussion. I absolutely love that. Um, okay, let's move on to our weekly Pokemon Journeys episode discussion. For those of you that are new to the podcast, basically we watch three episodes of the recent Pokemon anime and just have a bit of a discussion about them. Uh, up first is episode 26, which is Splash Dash and Smash for the Crown. And my first note for this is, what is this episode? <laughs> Amazing. What? Is what this what? episode is. I told you. I told you you were going to love it. <laughs> it's just, I'm just, so, this, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say, I know I'm jumping ahead. I'm just going to say this. Like, the episode ends and we're only halfway through and it goes into the second episode that is just only ridiculous. slightly related and yes absolutely ridiculous so let's start with the first half of the episode because it's a lot more 
<laughs> of an episode there is some uh, yeah, story to it there's something going on here so um the episode starts with yeah that's it episode it's... starts with jesse and james hanging out and the pelipper entering the with the rocket prize machine and they want to spend the episode training but then it jumps back to ash and go yeah well they kind of set up oh there is an actual term for it in theater that I will not be able to tell you because I did not study theater. Is it but che- the idea- Chekhov's gone? No, 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 not Chekhov's No, gone. Okay, okay. So they, they are acting as kind of the narrator, kind of as a third party. They speak to the audience. They are both a uh, member of the audience and within the play itself. Um, okay. A Greek chorus is coming to my head, but I don't think it is that. So um, moving on. The idea is that they introduce the episode. And then okay. they are also a part of the episode. So they're right. like, oh, it's a two for one. We're having a special this week. What's it going to oh, be? It's going to be about Magikarp and it's going to be about Slow King. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. I missed that. Oh, okay, right. I thought that was just them doing their usual Team Rocket hijinks and haha, look at us with a comedy relief. I missed. Okay, so I missed that. Okay. Um, yeah. you, see it, you see it a lot in Pantos. Okay. Oh, you do. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so it's a Magikarp high jump competition. I just love the stupidity of this. And straight off the bat, when they announced that, I was like, well, I know where this episode is going because I only recently go caught a Magikarp that seems like it was built for this competition. Or so I thought, because what has Go done to this Magikarp? In the couple of days he's had it, it he's- has just swollen. Yes, and I, because I, I, it comes out of the Pokemon, I'm just like, okay, okay, why, what is, what, what's happened? But obviously the whole point of this is to give us a training montage <laughs> of some kind, <laughs> following a video by the current Magikarp jumping, you know, champion, and suddenly everyone's got six packs. Yep. Magikarp's got a six-pack, Ash has got a six-pack, Go's got a six-pack, and seeing a six-pack on a 12-year-old animated child is very disturbing. I mean, yeah. I, I was just like, what is, what is this? <laughs> just, just bask in the just absurdity of it all. That's what this episode requires of you. Just it's, sit back, it's a, turn your brain off, and just enjoy the flashy so lights. It felt yes, it felt very much like a, a traditional Japanese anime where it's like I've not even been using one hundred percent of my power. And it's like that, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I think just, that is a direct like reference to those old anime. It's Rock Lee it taking off his yes. anklet. It's, it's yes. Goku taking off his weighted gi, and it's Which, like. It's funny that you say that because that's exactly what happens with Magikarp. It's been yep. wearing a metal crown to weigh it down. And it shows you the two champs trying to carry it away. And one of it does its back in just to show how ridiculous this weight is of the Magikarp. And you see that laughter, the fact that you can't even tell the story without wetting yourself. <laughs> it's, it's just This episode is amazing. It might <laughs> it be. And I think somebody commented last week when I said yes. the Magikarp was going to come back and you were going to enjoy it. They were like, this is my best like non-episode. I think it was in, I think it was intrepid. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've not long seen that comment. But um, 
Yeah, so then they go into go gets the final and you know, Magic Carp, you know, just waits there while the shiny Magic Carp from the competitors already in the sky. And then Go sends it into space. Magic Carp <laughs> reaches orbit using using Splash. It Escape just velocity has been achieved. <laughs> it's, it's just in space. And my and what I loved about this is Go actually loses. Because the Magikarp has to return to the platform. Yeah, it loses on a technicality. It, it does, which I absolutely love. And then, so we're like, okay, right, Magikarp's gone. But they we... even, like, thank it for its time and send they it do. on its way. It's like, they oh, well, do. I guess it's, it's gone, gone now. It's gone. <laughs> and we, did you catch the music at the end? The lyrics? No. So the so the, the it's really faint in the background, and it's the, I've got it written down here. So totally pathetic, unreliable, around the world, super weak. Obviously referring to the poor Magikarp that's been sent into orbit. And like I was watching this episode, going, "What is this episode? Oh, it's done and dusted, only to be you know suddenly realize." Oh, that was only like 10 minutes of the episode. We have a second part of the episode. Which and is the... somehow even more ridiculous. It is. And my first thought was, okay, this this is two filler episodes. They, 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 they had two different things that they could use to make half an episode, but not enough content to make a full episode. And I am li- I am going somewhere with with this, but we'll we'll come back to that at the end. So the second it tells a little bit about the second half, can't it? Well, it starts with possibly the best song to ever exist in Pokemon. I used to think it was Lugia's song, but no, the nope. reggae-style slowpoke reggae. song might be my favorite thing of all time. It was. It really just came out of nowhere for me. I'm just sat there watching it, going, "Like, what I world stopped, am I living what, in? What's happened here? Like, what?" <laughs> How does this slot into, you know, the last episode where it was a, a battle between Mega Lucario and a Dragonite, and now we're into this with Slowpoke and Slowking, and Slowpoke's tail's just falling off, and then the implication of Ash is eating one, because, like, the Slowpoke tail falls off, and then all you hear is Ash go, you're me, and then you turn to look at him, and he's eating something. He's eating which noodles. Turns- it turns out to be noodles, so it's not Slowpoke Tail. But then a Slow King comes up. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Who is also eating noodles. Also eating noodles. And wants more noodles. Yes. And then the 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 headpiece, is it still a shelter? A, a cloister? I don't know what it is at this point. Comes off and lands on Ash's head. Only for us to be dropped with the, probably the biggest piece of Pokemon lore in existence... That the shell can control other humans and Pokemon. Does it control them? Or does it, as it's stated by the Pokedex, make them ingenious, but also want to protect the Slowpoke? They become whoever the crown lies upon becomes the king of the Slowpoke. Right. Okay. I... I just didn't know what was going. Like, I was getting such Yu-Gi-Oh vibes from this, like oh, Yu-Gi-Oh boy. Like I was getting such Yu-Gi-Oh vibes. And, and we've had Dragon Ball Z in the first half and Yu-Gi-Oh in the second half, and then I've got a note here that just says, "I'll re- re- reiterate. What is this episode? Like they just 
this this hijinks as Go tries to remove the shell from Ash, and Ash King, for lack of a better word, attempts to. I don't know. I don't know what Ash is trying to do here. What there what is, is there is a straight two minutes where the crown just swaps heads. Yes, between Go, Ash, Pikachu, and Score Bunny. And yeah. it just goes backward and forward, and they all kick it off one another and electrocute it and do whatever. And it's just like, it just goes, I'm Ash King. I'm Go yes. King. Pika, Pika. Oh. It's like, okay, <laughs> all right, I guess this is happening. I yes, I have no control. Thing. As I say, I will sit back and watch the flashy lights and go, ha, 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 ha. Pretty much, pretty much. But there is actually a connecting plot point between these episodes. There is. Explain. <laughs> Which is- <laughs> the magic cart from the first half of the episode that launched into orbit crashes back down in exactly the place that they are. On top of the crown, which somehow gets back oh. onto the Slowpoke's head, who has been walking around as a Slow King without its helmet on, which yes. spins me out as well. Yes. Because like if it, it said that if a shelter lets go of a Slow Bro's tail, it, it turns back into a Slowpoke. But this slow king was able to walk around with a crown of a noodle cup and yeah. remain a slow king. I... And it was fine. Yeah, I guess. I... Oh. And then, so many questions. None so of them many. answered. And the, the the last thing I think from the episode is the Magikarp champ from the pre from the first half of this episode turns up at Jesse and James's base. And this sequence with Jesse and James is the same sequence as it is at the start of the episode. Uh-huh. Where they open the door for the Pelipper. Yes. I was just like, wait, what is the what? What is this episode? And they just slowly close the door yes. on him. <laughs> just, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Oh, this was just a crackpot of, of an episode. Is there more like this to come? Uh, none that stick out to me from memory. Okay. Okay. No, nothing to this extent from what I've seen. Okay. That is just... That's just. Anyway, let's move on to episode 28, which is called Toughing It Out. Episode 27 uh, is Toughing It Out. Is it? Yep. I've got it wrong. You're right. Um, that's it. I have failed as your podcast host. I will move the crown over. <laughs> Bought it back. Um, Does that so make the- me the monarch now <laughs> if I wear the crown? Sure. Would you like to be the monarch for an episode? I would. I would love to be the monarch. I will defeat Ooh. Leon and become the monarch. Oh, see, segways. I can do them segways! too. Segways. <laughs> so this episode starts with training montage with Riolu and Farfetch training, and then quickly transitions to Ash and Go traveling back to Winden. Why are they traveling back to Winden? Because they get to go see a masters match. Oh, so number seven, Ryan. Versus, is it Ryan or is it Raihan? Raihan, unfortunately. Rai I always thought it was Raihan. Uh, okay. Because, you know, it's British and we would yes. definitely say Raihan. But yes. no, Raihan. Raihan against number one, Leon. And what I do like is on the way there, Ash is momentarily distracted by a statue of the hero from Galar Law. So straight away I was like, okay, I think this episode has a bit more than just the battle. We're, we're, we're doing what we do in previous you know, um, series of the anime. Not that I've watched them, but my understanding is, you know, it's for, for, you know, it's mainly the gym challenge, but then they start to drop in the lore and then towards the end, you know, Ash saves the world. 
Yeah. So I think that's what what we're starting to get here. We're starting to get okay a little bit the lore drop uh, because we are this many episodes in, and it's we're basically you know no further down the the lore of you know Zacian and Zamazenta, even though we are in you know visiting the Galar region. Um, and we get to experience a Pokemon battle, Duraliadon versus Charizard. What did you think of the battle? It was decent. It wasn't yeah. the most, uh, the best animated battle we've had, but it was decent. I think yeah. <laughs> what cool. I love is the fact that Leon is straight up a Mary Sue. And like, oh, yeah, he's, it's, he's unbeatable. It's, it's, it's just unashamed as well. They're just like, yeah. yeah, no, he can't be beaten. And Charizard will just take all this damage and be fine. It'll be fine. He'll yeah. Win in the end. Yeah, I'm I'm a little I'm okay with this now because of the discussions we've had on previous episodes. I'll put it down to A, Leon being a good trainer, Charizard just being like the peak of Charizard, and it having a really diverse moveset. I mean, it used dig, brick break, dragon claw, it's got, you know, all these fire attacks as well. Um however, like the battle against Gyarados, Charizard takes an absolute beating, but still stays up. One of the highlights for me was when Dorelodon Gigantamaxes, we get the gym battle music from Gen 8. Yeah. I just, oh, just absolutely love, like that for me is what, like, peak music in Pokemon, like up there in easily probably top three, you know, battle themes or just music in general. Absolutely love it. Um, Random so, thought I had off on. the back of this episode, watching this match as well. Mm. I don't think Ash will beat Leon at the end of this series. I think he will yeah. get to that match. Yeah. I think he will lose that match. Yeah. I think Pikachu will take out Charizard. Yeah. But then maybe his Dragapult comes in and cleans up. But so it won't be a case of Leon loses, but Leon will sweat for the first time and actually have to like worry. Yes. Yeah. So I. Because after the previous um, series, not that I've watched it, I want to go back and watch it, actually. You know, Ash, Ash won... Oh, I've not been Mike! Um, Ash won the Alolan League. Um, it, it's one of those things where, as content creators, you always have to go bigger and better. But the problem with going bigger and better is eventually you have nowhere else to go. Yeah. And where do you go after Ash... If he beats Leon, he's number one in the world where do you go from there yeah he starts defending like, his title which yeah which could work but it almost feels like maybe you know ash almost gets there he's now recognized as you know leon's equal which in itself is just an amazing you know accolade to have and then the next season in gen 9 is him going I need to go out into the world and explore a bit more and just try to become a better trainer because one day I will go and I will re-challenge Leon. Maybe that maybe that's where we go. Who who knows? I don't I don't know where they're going to go. The fact that, you know, we've had 27 episodes so far, and you know, Ash has come close to losing someone to the point where I'm on the edge of my seat thinking, this could be the one where Ash actually loses. And imagine if Ash doesn't lose up until Leon. Like, what a smack in the face that will be. Mm. Just in a, oh, okay, you know, Ash isn't invincible. He's not. He, like, look at Leon's age and experience compared to Ash's. Ooh, who, who knows? Um, Back to the episode now, though. 
I was counting the amount of Dynamax attacks because I want to know whether or not they break the three, <laughs> the three attacks. Yeah, it's two. It's two attacks each in this, which makes me wonder if they're saving it to like a big fight where, you know, a Pokemon uses three, then has to revert. And then, because so far, all we've seen is, you know, Dynamax Pokemon versus Dynamax Pokemon. Whereas in the games, you don't do always have to do that. You can Dynamax it a completely different, you know, part of the battle compared to your opponents. Are we perhaps going to get that? Who knows? Um, but during the battle, um, I, I absolutely love this. Um, well, at the end of the battle, Ash just calls out Leon in, in front yep. of several thousand people. Mm. And Leon's <laughs> like, yeah, I... Hey, up. Hi, Ash. Good to see you. Thanks for just, you know, you know, calling me out in front of all these people. Um, Ash just like, he has no filter, does he? He's just nope. like, yeah, I, I'm going to challenge this guy. So I'm going to just shout it here, here and now. Um, and we finally get an appearance by Chairman Rose. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. He's so we're surely getting more of him, right? Later on, we've got to. So again, I th I think it's light spoilers, mm. but the end of this season covers Sword and Shield. That doesn't surprise. I don't consider that a spoiler. It it it, it just I kind of knew that's where it wouldn't surprise me if literally we get a lot of beat by beats of Chairman Rose wanting to save the world. Releases Eternatus, Zacian and Zamazenta come to, to come to stop it after Char Charizard and Leon fail to, to beat it. I, it wouldn't surprise me if we if we hit beat by bit, uh, beat by beat. Um, also, we get an appearance from Sonya, uh, which was also a surprise in this. I didn't expect us to get so many, you know, main series characters from Sword and Shield, and she gives us the backstory of the Galar region, including the he the the single hero with a sword and shield but i've got to ask you you know connor just just with your theory heading do we think the single hero could actually be two heroes why because there's a sword game and a shield game and <gasps> if you're gonna if you're gonna have wow. a hero you need you need one hero to have each game is that what you're saying yes oh my you just blow my mind there Absolutely just blow. <laughs> I think we all know where this is going with the law. We 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 play the games, we know what's gonna happen. Um and they're apparently they're interrupted by a person talking about a, uh, on a bridge, uh, there's a weird man. Apparently it's me. Apparently I'm in the anime. There's a weird man. Hey, you heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. Ben, ben likes to hang out on bridges, <laughs> yeah. under bridges. I don't know if you were trolling no, on, bridge, on bridges. I'm not on a troll. Bridges. I'm not a troll. Okay. On bridges. On bridges. On, on bridges <laughs> and just beating up children's pets. Pretty much. And being like, with... you, cannot, you cannot pass. You Are you sure you're not a troll in this instant? <laughs> well, maybe I am a little bit. Uh, Tayu is a troll, though. Glaring Farfetch, whose uh, voice is absolutely amazing. Farfetch. Farfetch. He's just like having none of it. I absolutely love it. And we, we get to find out who is the best. Cantonian Farfetch or Galarian Farfetch? It's, it's Galarian Farfetch. Apparently so. Like, so go loses, which, I mean, it's, isn't... It's standard at this point. It is standard. It doesn't surprise me because, like this, gal this Galarian Farfetched. I don't think Leon could beat it personally. It's absolute. It's just beastly, <laughs> absolutely beastly. And um, what I like the 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 battle starts. It's Riolu. Um, Riolu forces itself out to battle, which I quite like, and it ends up using double team courtesy of special training. Ash says. So it's good to know that 
you know, it's hinting at Ash's training these Pokemon, even though we don't get to see it on screen. I love that. Um, and, like, the battle, I think, is quite brutal, don't you? Yeah. No, like, it is. It's, it's, it does get rough. Like, they are literally just wailing on each other. Yes. Like, at one point, uses, well, it uses Night, uh, Night Slash, does it, a couple of times? Night Slash then... over and over and over again, and then yep. it finally uses Brutal Swing. Brutal Swing, which does look absolutely brutal. And, you know, the, the, the battle ends with both Pokemon, you know, just on their last legs, and Ash cheers on Riolu, where his goes kind of like, no, nah, it's done and dusted, like, w- what are you doing? And my... He lets out his anime cry, Riolu! Yeah, and and which I love, it's so cute, absolutely so cute. And then what I love about this is they actually use a move from the game, which in this scenario would make sense, so they use Reversal. Again, uh-huh. training from Ash. And what I love about this is that Ash starts chanting for the Farfetch. She's supporting literally the Pokemon he's trying to beat and, and capture. And I love it. Yeah. And no, it is. It's because he just wants to see a good a good fight. He wants to see these Pokemon push themselves. Yes. And give abs- everything they've got. Yes. I absolutely love it. Um and just before just before he catches the the next member of his of his team is fifth member of the team what i do love is that i've i've i think i've mentioned in previous episodes about the battle music and the problem is with the battle music is it they kind of only have two for the main battles or you know the the, the, the when there's conflict and mm-hmm. it always you can always tell when suddenly ash is about to win because the music changes but in this battle, they actually flip that where it changes to the, oh, Ash is about to win this, to, oh, Ash is suddenly on the back foot again. And then they introduce new battle music. So suddenly I'm confused because I have no idea what's going on here. I'm like, okay, so is Ash going to win this? How is this battle going to turn out? And I can't remember what the, the what the battle music is like now, but I'm glad they're introducing these these little variations on the music so that when it pops up again in further battles where ash has to beat somebody to progress up the rankings i'm not going to be clear whether or not ash is going to lose so i'm all on board with that i love that um and to wrap up the episode who do we get an appearance from who do we get an appearance from sobble sobble's right at the Uh, end of course it is yeah which which leads us nicely into the following episode sobbing sobble episode 29 um 28 my episodes are wrong my episodes are wrong it's 28 um, you're good okay um so sobble's unable to approach the team but somebody's stealing the food it is an invisible sobble it's an invisible sobble and will come well it's it says it's invisible whenever it touches water so that's a nice little nice little um bit of law there and which is present in the games it is and everyone cries which i believe is present in the pokedex entries as to why correct i think so i've never read the the pokedex you you are so full of it i know full (laughs) well sobble is going to be in the questions later i don't even pretend otherwise (laughs) do you reckon do you reckon oh you'll have to wait and see um but what I've I, never read the Pokedex and just no. shut up. Give me that. <laughs> so, um, Go manages to catch it out of sheer luck and frustration. He that just, is quite funny. He literally just throws the Pokeball at the spot that Sobble seems to be invisible and catches it. And 
one thing that I love about this is the law that because of Sobble crying, because that's also water, it can use that to turn itself invisible, which we get to see in the battle in this episode. Mm-hmm. So Sobble versus Silicobra. And straight off the bat, I, I'm loving Silicobra in, in this. Like it, it's a bit I feel like it's a bit underrated in Sword and Shield. Um Yeah, it doesn't really it doesn't, doesn't shine, does it? Not really, no. It's I mean it's you there. Have, I think Gordy has a Sandaconda, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, I can't remember. Because the problem with... what I don't j- Just to like jump out of the episode, I just don't get why we got Silicobra in... Because as people that live in the United Kingdom, we don't have... It's not like Australia or America with like loads of variants of snake. We have a couple of grass snakes and... We got adders, that's about it. Yeah, that, that's about it. So the fact that we've got snakes in Sword and Shield, it's just a bizarre, bizarre addition. Um, but anyway, um, you know... The battle starts, Sobble's winning because it's invisible. And what I love about this is Silicobra actually, you know, shows intelligence and sprays sand to cover it, meaning it's no longer invisible. Uh-huh. I absolutely love this, and there's more crying. There's... Because, of course, because Sobble's like, I've lost my one defense mechanism. Yeah. Help. <laughs> help. Help. What do I do? What do I do? Like, I didn't even want to be here. No, pretty much. He just gets thrown out in a battle. I don't think this is what it was. Opposed to School Bunny, which kind of lives for the fact, Sobble doesn't have that kind of... At least this Sobble doesn't have this kind of demeanor. He doesn't really want to, to battle. Um, Sobble runs away, but it's easy enough to follow because basically they just follow the people that are crying, which which leads them to, to find the Sobble. While all this is happening, though, Team Rocket puts an appearance, uh, comes across a more pecker, and ah, um, yes, finally the Team Rocket sidekick of well, this series. So yeah, so I love the fact that they're confused. They don't know what this Pokemon is, so they got out their version of Rotom, and Rotom basically isn't feeling it today. It just <laughs> literally refuses. is like uh, some more <laughs> Pecco. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I've just got to notice it. Honestly, aren't we all like that Rotom? I just want to give it a cuddle, like poor little thing. Um, and the, the, so the Jesse and James's subplot leads them across Sobble, which of course leads them to Ash and Go, and it's time for another Pokemon battle, and Jesse and James get a really good pairing. They get Magnazone and Almada, Almaldo. Are they a good pairing, or are they just good trainers? Like, they don't play fair. No, they, they don't. They... Say what you want about Jesse and James. Like this series has really shown that actually they do know how to battle to some degree, and they are able to battle with a wide degree of Pokemon. Whereas in the original anime, when they literally always used to use Arbok and Car and Weezing, their attacks became predictable, which I think is why they lost a lot of the time and they became a bit of a punchline whereas in this they they there have been episodes where they you know they for some time go toe-to-toe with ash and go mm-hmm. and in this one they technically win they they do i mean they basically torture the kids as well but sure um Ma- magnazone basically uses is it supersonic yes yes so it uses supersonic and everyone is just struggling sobble's been captured but um it, it manages to become invisible uh from is it is it the sweat of running is it, is, is it I, running so it, the... it when it pulls the bars apart the, yeah. the bargain basement 
bars of this cage. Yes, which I love. <laughs> it starts love to sweat. Mm. And that turns it invisible. I absolutely love that. And then Sobble manages to make everyone cry, including the Magnezone. <laughs> and I love the fact that it hovers over Amaldo's face. And then it's like, Jesse actually says, who knew those were your eyes referring to? Like, she thinks the head plate, the two red parts on the head plate are its eyes. And then, like me growing up as a kid, looking at that surprise, I used to think that. And I thought the two wiggly bits on the top of the head were the ears. I don't know if anyone else thought that. I think I worked out eventually they were the eyes. But yeah, it is very confusing. It is, but it's good to it's good to know that they they you know they're they aware of it. They're aware of it. Exactly. I love that. And um, how do they win? Well, Go just happens to have goggles with them as Mister Mime's been preparing onions. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that, okay. That was one of the things. It was like that feels like a pull. You didn't like that. Is the opposite of Chekhov's gun. That was not yes. set up at any no. point. No, because it could have been. It could have been in the couple of episodes before with Mister Mime around the house and. Yeah, they could they could have set it up because that would have worked because like this isn't the kind of episode where you have a Chekhov's gun multiple episodes in front. It's like if it gets introduced, it gets introduced in the episode of at the very start, doesn't it? Because yeah. it's a child because it's a child's, you know, anime and you it hasn't really go- it's one of those series where you can just pick up an episode wherever. It's not serial to some degree. There, there's an overarching plot, but it's not like every episode is linked. So they well, could have at didn't least. Why did they, for instance, at the start of the episode, have them make the curry and have them chop yeah. onions to put in the curry? Yeah. Oh, my eyes are watering. Ah, yeah. well, you should always goggles. wear goggles when you're cutting yep. onions. Done. There you go. Done. It's done and dusted. Forty-five second to a minute long. That's it. Yeah. That's all you needed. Exactly. Um, and the episode wraps up with Malpico returning again, and I was expecting this to join them, but it, it basically knocks them away with its dark thought form. So is that more more Pico coming back at some point? Uh, I not to the extent of say Beware did. Okay, but okay. yeah, that is effectively the Team Rocket sidekick. Makes sense. Comedy Pokemon this right. season. That makes sense. So if if they're getting that, does that mean we're not getting Marnie? in this series or perhaps maybe she's just a bit part character when they eventually come across peers not to not not known do not know okay interesting right okay because obviously we've not got to see hop we've not got to see um gloria or whoever the the male character is in pokemon um um sword and shield so there's a, a couple of characters. i don't know his name no i i don't i know gloria but that's only because of um pokemon Masters. the memes yeah. Oh right! Oh, and the memes. Oh, I forgot about them. Yeah, the memes. I forgot about the memes. The Scottish last before it all came out. Yes, yes, I forgot about that. But by the way, I don't know if you've heard that. Like Pokemon Masters, some of the voice acting that is like phenomenal. Like Grade A, that's exactly what I expect to hear. For the first time, I heard Hop in Pokemon Masters, and they have just gone for you know casting call of traditional cockney british he's a londoner isn't he yeah and it's just like oh my god i just heard i was like what was that it just really took me out of it um but yeah so that wraps up uh that's wraps up the episode anything else you want to add connor you happy to see sobble because go now has two galarian starters um which is interesting because he's getting them rather than ash yeah which I'm okay. I'm actually okay with that because that it gives it. It means that Ash isn't scripted to have six Pokemon, three of which are the starters, one of which is Pikachu. So you only get two others. 
so I'm okay with that because it allows them to flesh out Ash's team a lot more with different varieties of Pokemon and a more competitive team. Um, if he was to get one of them, I think Scorbunny would have fit his personality quite well. Uh, mm -hmm. But I'm okay with Go having those Pokemon. In terms of the order of Pokemon, like they kind of started high with Scorbunny. Scorbunny's my favorite out of those three. And then the other two, I'm like, I could take or leave either of them. They don't really appeal to me. Scorbunny's the only one out of those, the trio that appeals to me. Um, so I'm, I wasn't that... Like, when Sobble came in, I was like, oh, okay, that, that's cool. But I honestly didn't expect to see Sobble or Grookey outside of, you know, maybe just little cameos here or here or there. So I'm, I'm confident we'll probably get a Grookey at some point as well to round out the trio. Yeah, I believe so. And the thing is, it's like... Ash doesn't need starter Pokemon anymore. No. Because he's yeah, not he a starter trainer. He can take on the freaking Dragonites. He can take mm -hmm. on the mischievous Gengars. He can take on the really strong Glarium Farfetch'd. He doesn't need to deal with starter Pokemon anymore. He's beyond that. Go, yeah. go, go needs to start with starters, basically. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Spot on. I love that. Um, so, Connor, are you up for playing a game? All right. Can you start with Sobble, though? That's all I ask. Um, hold on. Oh, this guy's getting ahead of himself. First and foremost, for any new listeners, uh, in front of me, I have three Pokemon, three Pokedex entries each. But, Connor, can you guess? Can you spot the fake entry? So, the first Pokemon, you think it's Sobble? I think one of them is Sobble. Okay, interesting. So, the first one is actually Moltres. Really? Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, this avian Pokemon has a fiery demeanor. Few Pokemon can approach it because of its fiery plumage. I think that's how you pronounce that word. Plumage. Second Pokedex entry. There are stories of this Pokemon using its radiant flame coat wings to light up paths for those lost in the mountains. And the final Pokedex entry. This Pokemon's sinister flame-like aura will consume the spirit of any creature it hits. Victims become burned out shadows of themselves. I want it to be the first one because it uses the word fiery twice. Hmm. It does, yes. So I'm going to say the first one. Oh, spot on. Well done. You got it right. Oh, massive mistake on my part there. Not uh, not proofreading my work. So well done. You are one for one so far. The this second is one. This, this is the run, guys. This is the run. So the second one is Articuno. So the first entry a legendary bird Pokemon that is said to appear to doomed people who are lost in icy mountains. Second Pokedex entry. Articuno is a legendary bird Pokemon that can control ice. The flapping of its wings chills the air. As a result, it is said that when this Pokemon flies, snow will fall. It's the and third the... one. Oh, okay. Third one. Articuno can control ice at will. If it stays in one location for too long, the area will become covered in a layer of permafrost. Oh, okay. Hang on. Um, no, these are all accurate statements that are in Pokedexes. That's very difficult. Okay. That's very difficult. Right. Uh, the Doomed Mountaineers. I know that one's true. I read okay. that one. Okay. I, can I can I get the other two again? This has never you happened before. No, can I have okay, the other two again? Okay. Articuno is a legendary bird Pokemon that can control ice. The flapping of its wings chills the air. As a result, it is said that when this Pokemon flies, snow will fall. And the mm. other one, Articuno can control ice at will. 
if it stays in one location for too long, the area will become covered in a layer of permafrost. Oh, uh, okay. So there is, I'm pretty sure there is something about Articuno flying and creating like snowstorms with a flap of its wings, which is what the second one is saying, but not in so many words. The third one is the one I don't. Ah, it sounds right, but I don't remember reading it. Whereas I remember reading something at least along the lines of the second one. So either the second one is too close to an actual Pokedex entry, or it is an actual Pokedex entry, and it's the third one. So I'm going to go with the third one. You're right, yeah. Oh. Two for two, well done. Oh, is this the run? This is... is this the run? <laughs> I'm actually rooting for you now. <laughs> so, can you guess what the third and final Pokemon is? Is it Zobble? Is it Sobble? No, it's Zapdos. Oh, it is actually <laughs> so, Zapdos. It is actually Zapdos. So, the first Pokedex entry. <laughs> this Pokemon has complete control over electricity. There are tales of Zapdos nesting in the dark depths of pitch black thunderclouds. Second entry. When its feathers rub together, they produce a crackling sound like the zapping of electricity. That's why this Pokemon is called Zapdos. And a third and final entry. This legendary Pokemon is only seen when there are black thunderclouds present. It is considered a bad omen for people lost in the mountains during a thunderstorm. Right, I am less confident about this one, but I feel... I don't think there has ever been a Pokedex entry that says that is why this Pokemon is called. Because I don't think that's for... Like, I, uh, that's just what they're called. There isn't usually, like, they don't, because, right, so, mm. my reasoning behind this, and I need to reason it out so that if I'm wrong, people know I'm still smart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Game Freak moved away from, like, real-life influences being directly referenced. So, it making, like, a zap noise, that's why it's called Zapdos, those kind of information aren't usually in the actual lore of the game. So, going to go with the second one. I'm afraid it's the third one. There <sighs> is a Pokedex entry for each of the trio of birds that ends with, that's why this Pokemon is called, and then whatever the name is, the, the third one, which was about... People being lost in the mountains, bad omen, thunderstorm. That's an Articuno thing. That's a fake one because the two others do have Pokedex entries for being lost in the mountains. Zapdos has no Pokedex entries whatsoever. Because Zapdos doesn't live in the mountains. It usually lives over the sea, just in the thunderclouds. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately. So that's the reason why I included the third one about the mountains. I thought, right, because then hopefully you'll be like, oh, well, the mountain ones were true in the previous ones, so they're true in the third one. So unfortunately... I just got hung up. I got hung up on something oh, I thought was... You... No, okay. no, well, unlucky. So the, um, the streak continues, but I have no doubt that you will eventually... Because I feel like you're starting to figure out my writing style as well, which is going to... I'm also starting you. to read more Pokedex entries. Is That's that what, what this do, has you? driven me to. 
<laughs> just in your spare time, you're reading Pokedex entries. Don't judge it. me. I'm not judging you at all. <laughs> your level of commitment is is appreciated. Absolutely appreciated. Um, shall we move on to letters and comments? Let's do it. Okay, so uh, just the one this week uh, comes courtesy of Discord. You are put in charge of the region and new gimmick for Gen 10 of the Pokemon franchise. Where do you base the region off? And what is your new battle gimmick? Have you got any ideas straight off the bat? Because that's two separate things going on there. Where would... So for a region, I've always really wanted like a Mexico region. Okay, yeah. Ever since we got Ludicolo, I just yes. want a Mexico region. Okay, I like that. And Ludicolo would just fit so well into that, obviously. Um, but I could, I could see Mexico working. And I think there'd be a nice variation of Pokemon as well. Mm -hmm. What about a gimmick? Um, oh, that's a difficult one. Because coming up with a gimmick is not easy. Mm. What have we had? We've had evolution. So, we've had yeah. typings. We've had moves. Is there anything that's typical Pokemon that we haven't seen yet? He mm. says, stalling for time. Oh, I'll give you 10 seconds. Oh, uh, you, you, you're going to make me be pressured and now i can't think of anything oh, i don't that's know fine. i don't know no, okay I'll, I'll let you off then don't worry about it um over to over to me then i would love to see a region that is predominantly snow and just seeing how you know thinking of maybe greenland or, or mm -hmm. iceland maybe and um just seeing how the pokemon would adapt to living in said region that is always cold doesn't see a lot of daylight uh, in terms of a gimmick as well, what I'd probably like to see with a gimmick like that is perhaps um, a return of the day-night cycle, which influences the heat of the region. And all battles are double battles because Pokemon need to stay together to keep warm um, and how that would you know, play into that. So I'm thinking of the abilities like fur coat and stuff like that that would give Pokemon an advantage maybe. And maybe the gimmick around that is, you know, you can... You can give Pokemon, um, I don't know, abilities that make them more suited to a the the weather, but also that have an influence in battle, maybe. Yeah, something like a little it. bit different, maybe. So I I I'd like to see terrains take more of a play. Yes. I know we have yes. things like the fairy terrain and electric terrain mm. and stuff like that, but I mean like actual we're fighting on rocks. Yes, we're fighting in the water. I have an advantage here. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. you know, for instance, you've got like Kingdra is has swift swim ability. So it's faster in the rain, but it could also mm. be faster if you're fighting in the ocean. I love that. You know, something like that. So like yeah. where you fight is just as important as what you fight. And then when you do yeah. online battles and stuff like that, you can maybe, I don't know if you could alter the terrain. There'd be moves that altered the terrain. That would be a thing that well, would happen. Yeah, because you could obviously you've got there are certain moves that already alter the terrain in some well to some degree. So for example, rain dance. A Pokemon sell rain dance, and therefore you know it goes from a grassy you know area to okay now there's water, which means surf's powered up. But also you could do it on like if you're on a ground terrain, a Pokemon uses surf, and suddenly there's a you know there's a, a more water on it, which therefore mm -hmm. powers up water Pokemon. You know, um, you use eruption and suddenly there's lava everywhere. Yeah. So the heat rises. So Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that idea. That'd be quite nice. So battle terrains is yeah. your gimmick. 
Okay, love it. Um, if you've got a comment or question, you can reach us by leaving a comment on our podcast on YouTube or by emailing goldenrodpod at gmail.com. So, before we depart, Connor, what have you got going on lately? So, I have just released a video um, talking about the possible third legendary for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet that is related to terrestrialized Pokemon. Ooh. Okay, okay. Good. This was a good script. I like that one. I I like that. That that's is that the one that's just come out? Yes, it is. Uh, okay, I've got it on my to watch list, so I'm gonna watch that tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that. What about um, yourself? I so a couple of things. Um, I think I'm. I can't remember if I mentioned to you off screen or actually in the podcast, but I've done a video for um, you know, fifteen uh, fifteen minutes to prepare to take on the Elite Four and a randomized um. ROM and their levels are boosted by 50%. So I'm pretty much finished editing that. So I'm not quite sure whether that's going to come out. It's probably going to come out um, between um, my two collab series. So the one that I'm currently doing with uh, Tommy around the Mega Ruby Alpha Sapphire Cage Lock with Custom Forms is coming to an end. We've got two episodes to uh, record for that, including the final fight. And I'm nervous as anything. So I he tried to, this- he had to, he tried to have me help him cheat with that today, by the way. Oh, go on, tell me more. No, he wanted to evolve some Pokemon that could only be evolved by trading. Oh, that's cheeky. He's a cheeky... Bo- oh, I, 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 I asked if it was about. okay, but uh, yeah. Oh, it, that, so... It didn't hmm, work. Did it not? For some, for some reason, he traded his Pokemon across, and it just didn't evolve. Oh, that it's because it's custom form ROM, so I got a feeling uh, it's different. There are certain issues with using custom forms. Um, so for example, PKX, you cannot use whatsoever, otherwise it turns the Pokemon back into their original forms. That doesn't work, but I will be picking this up with Tommy. (laughs) I asked Uh, if you were okay with it and he was like, yeah, no, it's fine. I was like, "Mm, if you weren't, if you weren't Tommy Lou, I would believe you. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love that. Uh, so yes, I'll pick that up with him. Um, and that's the show for this week. If you've gotten this far, you're just a top dollar on you. We've got people commenting top dollar gang on youtube and in the discord and i absolutely love it it's a hashtag we're gonna get it trending eventually eventually and connor where can we find you you can find me on my youtube channel at captain fidget or on twitter at cap fidget perfect and i'm ben and you can find me as professor hoeing on twitter youtube and twitch as for the golden rock podcast you can find us on the usual platforms search for golden rock podcast on youtube or on your usual podcast app Leave a like on YouTube or a five-star review if you're listening as a podcast. We'll be back next Friday for another week of Pokemon podcast content. See ya!